Welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nate. As always, you can contact us at our Facebook page, Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast, or you can reach out to us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Also, unlike most things these days, these are free. But if you would like to make a donation, you can at lickingvalleyvet.com slash vettalk. For those of you who wish this to be a regular weekly listening occurrence, no, you don't get that. See, I'm actually practicing for this Vet Talk episode. Actually, I really enjoy doing these, but my business is crazy busy, which I love as well. So to my clients, thanks. I appreciate the trust you put in me. To those listening, I basically write and make these as I have time. I love it. It's fun, and I appreciate the positive feedback I've received and hope it's making a difference. But I sorta gotta save some animals every once in a while to give myself more material to talk about. So be patient, and as I hire more people and get more free time, I'll get more episodes out. Until then, re-listen, keep sharing with your friends, and I hope you find the information helpful. Because I'm here to help you, right? No! You get nothing! You are wrong! No! This is not something we are used to hearing, and that's an unfortunate thing. We've been trained these days to expect immediate results and get exactly what we want. The customer's always right, aren't they? Of course. If the customer is happy, then they spend more money, and the business is happy, right? No, no, no. That's just not how it works. I blame Disney. They own everything. I mean, I think they own everything but my business. They own Star Wars. They own Fox. Well, the list goes on and on. I think they even, if Facebook can be believed, own MASH, which means that Klinger is a Disney princess. Go figure. What would Colonel Potter say to that? Maybe finally grant him that discharge? Anyway, Disney is a problem. That makes me feel better, right? At least until they come after me for blaming them. I believe they're the ones that came up with the idea that the customer is always right. And since they are such a big and successful business, everyone was taking that model on. And it has hurt a lot of businesses. It has hurt the culture of society. Because customers walk around thinking they deserve everything just how they want it. And businesses feel like they have to bend over backwards to give customers what they want. I'm here to dispel that. Because it is completely and totally wrong. A customer should expect fair and honest business transactions for the well-done services or products that the business renders. A business person should expect reasonable requests and questions. I'm not qualified to tell you how every interaction in a business should be like, but let me tell you some of the no's in veterinary medicine and why it is a no. Why is it that a veterinary business should and will put its foot down and tell a client no? And maybe this will let you know why it's unreasonable to ask your veterinarian certain things. You probably aren't asking these unreasonable things with bad motivation. But sometimes emotions are brought in when dealing with our beloved animals, which makes poor decision-making more apt to occurring. The examples I will use will be from real clients. I'm not using these to point you out or chastise you. It's just these examples are the repeat offenders. So when you are sitting at home, realizing this is something you do, then realize I'm actually probably not talking about you. I'm talking about your neighbor. 5.57. I close at 6 o'clock. 
I get a call. Doc, you gotta come out now. It's an emergency. My horse is suffering. We may need to put it down if we can't fix it tonight. I know we've been treating it, but it was doing great yesterday, and today it's horrible. The horse can't walk, has a swollen leg. I need you out now. Well, actually, with what we've been treating, we may just be able to start it on antibiotics, and it will be better in a day or two. I'm happy to come out tonight, or you can pick up those meds, and if it's not better in two days, we can go from there. But that might save you a trip fee, and this is something I was expecting. No, no, I want you out tonight. Okay, certainly, but that will be ER fees because it's after hours. That is totally unacceptable. I called before 6 o'clock. It shouldn't be emergency fees. I work all day. I can't check my horse until I get home, so there's no time to get you out that is not an emergency. That's a racket and is ridiculous and not very American. So, my bad impersonating skills aside, and yes, I was called un-American, there is a lot from this conversation that we need to discuss. First, this was a highly summarized conversation. The real one was multiple phone calls that lasted 15 to 20 minutes. So, first thing I think is important, overtime. When you are at work and have worked your 40 hours, the boss then maybe asks you to stay a few extra hours. What do you do? You probably stay. You're a dedicated worker. However, you are expecting the overtime payment. I have employees. I have asked them to stay, but I also see them thinking about the time and a half they will get from staying that extra hour. It's a good thing as a boss to do. Pay the worker for their extra work. And it's also the law. You expect to be paid more for working more. So when this person calls and then expects after hour coverage for normal day rates, that is a no. This client was told no. He resisted and it was explained to him that we work from 9 to 6 just like him. And then he was asking us to come out and look at his horse when we were supposed to be home with our families spending time away from work. He wanted us to give up our time without any extra pay. He thought it was a money racket, but I also didn't see him staying late at work without being compensated for it. So that is a no. If you call your vet after hours, expect to pay if you call them out. I give free advice after hours all the time. And I do honestly wonder if I should charge for this as other professionals like my accountant and lawyer charge me. But I will probably just continue giving free advice. Because as I have said on other podcast episodes, vets are bad business people. But it amazes me the amount of people who want me to come out in the middle of the night on holidays or when I'm closed after already working all day and then not getting paid any extra. I had one person say, well doc, I work until the job is done so I really don't know about these emergency fees. I'm standing there thinking, yeah, yeah, I work until the job is done too. That's why I'm out here fixing your cow instead of having my dinner. It's not rude to expect a veterinarian to see an emergency if their clinic offers that. But it is rude to expect that they not be paid for working in their off hours. I'm a single practitioner. Single and available, ladies. Er, but I mean I'm the only vet in my practice. I have my off hours set up so I can rest and re-energize so I can treat your animals. I recognize that emergencies are part of the job. But if I go out, I want the respect that I will be paid for the time that I am giving. And yes, I even take time where I don't see emergencies. 
Why? Because I'm the only vet in the area. I have my off hours set up so I can rest and re-energize so I can treat your animals. I recognize that emergencies are part of the job. But if I go out, I want the respect that I will be paid for the time that I am giving. And yes, I even take time where I don't see emergencies. Why? Because I'm the only vet in the area. If I burn out by being on call without a vacation, there's no one else to see some of these patients. So respect a vet's time. Respect that they know their capabilities and sometimes they need time where they are not on call. And respect is a lot of times just paying for a visit when you do call them out and not abandoning being a client when the vet is taking some vacation or downtime. We can't help that animals decide to get sick after hours. That's the risk of working with animals. The risk that they won't get sick when it is most economically affordable for you. We can be kind to each other and respect that it is a valuable service when a vet sees an after-hours emergency. Also, in that conversation, realize that the client wasn't asking for the vet's advice. I knew what was going on in this particular case, and I expected this to happen. I hoped it wouldn't, but it did. An infection set in. I already had a plan. That owner wasn't listening to my plan. I had already seen the patient, established a relationship, and knew what I would set out if things went wrong, which should have saved the client money, which I thought would be a help. But this client was emotional. He was saying he would put the horse down if he couldn't put weight on its foot. I wouldn't let my grandmother suffer like this. I would put her out of her misery. Well, first, murder is illegal. Second, if all grandma needed was a few pills, I hope you wouldn't euthanize her. This person was upset and scared because they didn't understand what was going on. Some of that is my fault as a vet. I have to relay that information to the client. In this case, I may have failed giving all the information that was needed. So the client freaked out because I did not communicate well to them what might happen. But once the client started freaking out, they wouldn't listen to me at all. Listen to your vet. The client expressed a concern with money so I had it set up to offer them a less expensive option. The client also wanted me to see and give my expert advice on this case with a hands-on exam. Both are good things to ask for, but I could not do both at the same time. So listen to your vet and see what they're offering and telling you when they talk to you. Emotion clouded judgment in this situation. My fault was not explaining every possible outcome to this client. He was not listening to what I was offering and wanted two things that didn't coincide. No, I won't do free work for you because you're emotional. But yes, I have planned for this scenario and I have a way you can save money and get your horse better. The owner came and picked up the drugs and the swelling was down in less than two days. Things worked out. So, scenario two. Coggins is a typical lab test required for horses to travel. Not traveling with this test can result in heavy fines and being turned back from your destination. 11 p.m. Your vet is home reading a book before he falls asleep. The phone rings. He startles himself awake. It's the emergency line. He starts pulling on his coveralls as he answers thinking it must be an injured animal. Hello, Doc. What's going on? How can I help you? I was just calling. I wanted to know how much it costs for a Coggins test. Um, it costs this much. 
Okay, good. I'll call you back in the morning if that other vet down the street can't beat that price. Bye. Yeah, so if you want to piss your vet off, do this. But just remember, we are all allowed to refuse serving anyone we wish. Late night calls like that, that's a no. That's where the client has been trained that they can get whatever they want, whenever they want. That is a blatant no. You can't do that. Well, obviously they did, but this is a problem. This wears professionals out. This wears everyone out. I've heard the same complaints from heating and air people, uh, the people at the local feed store, plumbers, and many working people. Don't call the vet or these people after hours for something that is not an emergency. They need their energy for true emergencies. Yes, this client needed that information, but they could have waited for normal hours. I don't know what else to say other than that is just rude and disrespectful. The emergency line is there for sick animals, suffering animals, advice on whether an animal needs to be seen, not a price check. Scenario 3. Antibiotics. OMG. I don't know where to start with this. This has been the bane of my existence as a veterinarian. Vets took an oath which includes protecting public health. So we have the responsibility of looking after the health of your pets and you. Sometimes we have to make decisions that are not the best for the animal, but the best for the people around those animals. Antibiotics are a good example of this. I went out to a farm and treated a horse for colic. After the horse was better, the lady came to me with a bottle of an antibiotic and said, I'm not going to try doing a woman's voice. I'm no good at that. She said, I'm about out of this antibiotic. Could I get some more from you? Um, I see you got that from another vet. What are you treating? Well, I just like having it on hand. Okay, well, I usually only dispense antibiotics as needed because we are fighting off antibiotic resistance in many cases. And I want to only use antibiotics when medically necessary. So I want to examine the horse for disease first and only treat if needed. That way we don't get antibiotic resistance, which could potentially lead to infections in the horse that I can't treat, or infections in you that doctors can't treat. Oh, I get that. Yeah, we don't want a horse to die because the antibiotics don't work. Wow, that's, that's a horrible woman's impression. I'm sorry to all the women out there. You have much lovelier voices than that. Anyway, I smiled, thinking someone finally understood why I'm so guarded with antibiotics and giving them out. Then I watched as she shook the tub of antibiotics and said, um, but I'm almost out. They haven't called me back since. I just, I just didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't give them the, what they wanted. That's why they didn't call back. For some reason, people want to treat animals with antibiotics. I've seen horse people all the time do this. Horse gets a scratch, and they give it antibiotics. A horse has a hoof abscess, they give it antibiotics. A cow rolls its foot, they give it antibiotics. So let's play this game like we are humans. A human gets a one-inch scratch that just breaks the skin. What do you do? Aha! You pulled out the neosporin. Yep, good answer. That's an antibiotic that goes directly on the wound. That's what I do for horses too, sometimes even using Neosporin. That's reasonable. Giving a systemic antibiotic, one which goes to the whole body, for a one inch scratch on a horse is silly. It's going to heal just like the one on you. Probably better. 
Okay, you have a pimple, and it burst. What do you do? As someone who suffered heavy acne in their youth, I never remember treating those with antibiotics. I'm comparing this to a hoof abscess in a horse. It's a little different, but basically when the abscess drains, I apply a local antiseptic, sugar and betadine. In eight years of practice, I've only had to treat two hoof abscesses with antibiotics. And hoof abscesses are very common in horses. It's a little different scenario than a pimple, but it's basically a pimple in the hoof. You make it drain and pack it. Topical antibiotics over the wound at most. Okay, you roll your foot playing basketball. How do you treat? Great, you gave yourself an Advil. Yet, if you were a cow owner, I bet you would have asked for an antibiotic. And then you probably got mad when the vet said no. I just don't understand why in all those examples people wanted to give systemic antibiotics. I understand topical stuff, but seriously, I'm from Kentucky. Everyone but me watches basketball here, and a rolled ankle happens. They all, and I have asked the farmers, say that they would take an Advil and get some ice for themselves. Yet, that happens to their cow and they want a systemic antibiotic. It's not needed. Let the vet decide which drugs to use. Don't go in asking for something, because after eight years I found people usually are asking for the wrong thing. I can't let clients make those decisions for if to use antibiotics or not, because when I quiz them in the real world, they always choose wrong. And with antibiotics, that is very, very bad. I've also used this to drive the point home. If we use our antibiotics improperly, it may not affect us at all, but your grandchild one day may be in the hospital because of an infection. And at that time, the doctor may turn to you and say, this antibiotic doesn't work. We have nothing that works. Your granddaughter is going to die because we can't treat the disease. This is a situation vets are trying to prevent when they don't want to give antibiotics out. I mean, you might think we're trying to save your dog from that scenario, but no. It's your granddaughter. It's your wife, your boyfriend, mother, father. Public health reaches into places you wouldn't expect. We are trying to prevent resistant bacteria from getting to you and those you love. That's the oath we took. So when you ask us for antibiotics and have no reason for it, you're going to get a no. And there is a good reason for that no. Also, back to what I said earlier about not treating what is best for the animal. I bet that statement stuck in your head and didn't make sense. Another thing with antibiotics is that certain antibiotics cause negative effects in us, humans. Well, you're a vet. You're not treating us. And that's what I've heard before. Oh, but we are. Any food animal is an animal that goes into a human for consumption. There are antibiotics banned in food animals. I have been in situations where an animal is dying from bacteria. We have an antibiotic that can kill that bacteria. I basically tell the farmer, I could treat this, I have the drugs, but we can't use them because it's not safe for people. So the animal has to suffer for the good of the people. It's a harsh thing to do, but that's the oath we took as vets. Sometimes we have to choose the people over the animals. 
Judicious antibiotic use is where through proper use we can have a better chance of treating the animals as well as a chance to make sure people are safe too. Also you may be saying, well that should just say no, do proper antibiotic use. Well, it's hard for us. I don't mean to complain, but we own our own businesses. We're trying to protect clients' animals and the clients themselves. And a lot of times clients come in with an idea of what they want. When it isn't given to them, they write bad online reviews. They take their business elsewhere. The vet did what was right, but lost a client and lost income. Which vets are going to survive? The vets that bend and give the clients what they want, or the vets that stick to their principles? I'm not saying it's right, but I can quote myself. Dear goodness, if it will shut the client up, give them the antibiotic. Don't put vets in this situation. When you go to them, realize they are balancing protecting your animal, your friend's animal, and your health, and their business all at the same time. When a vet tells you they aren't giving you a drug, there's a reason. Maybe it's because it's not the appropriate drug to give, and you are mistaken about thinking it is. Maybe because it's not safe for humans, even if it would save the animal. So no is something you will hear. And just know it's because we are balancing a lot of things in order to help you the most, whether you believe it or not. I'm Dr. Nathan, or you can reach out to us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Also, unlike most things these days, these episodes are free. But if you would like to make a donation, you can at lickingvalleyvet.com slash vettalk. Thank you.